Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. For the fourth week in a row, the All Lord News Index fails to break through its previous all-time high. Banks and material stocks were down, so is this a signal that the market is about to head into a crash, pullback or correction? Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. I'm Dale Gillum, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, hit that subscribe button and click the little bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also remember to tune into our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday, 7 to 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your questions. Over the past month, the Australian share market has come within striking distance of the all-time high every week. But so far, it has failed to break through this level. It has now been 140 months since the All Orders Index made its all-time high. And a failure to push through this previous level has left many wondering whether there is cause for concern and an indication of things to come. Alarmists are once again ringing that bell, suggesting the market may crash with a meltdown of 25% or more, and some are even predicting a GFC-style crash. I believe this thinking is interesting, given that the All Ordinaries Index has never crashed before making a new all-time high. Further, it has never crashed within a short period after making a new all-time high. So a crash anytime soon would be highly unlikely, as it would make stock market history if it did. We all know that this year the Australian stock market has been extremely bullish, climbing steadily towards the all-time high by rising 19% since the 1st of January. These conditions have certainly been optimal for investors and traders to make very good, safe profits. So that begs the question as to why hasn't the All Ordinaries Index broken through the all-time high? Well, the simple answer is because people still have solid memories, and many are still feeling the pain of the GFC and wanting to avoid the pain again. Therefore, as the All Ordinaries Index climbs even closer towards the pivotal all-time high price, fear and hesitation is also rising. This fear and hesitation then causes resistance to price moving strongly through this highest point. In other words, the masses are sitting back with a wait-and-see-what-happens mindset. This wait-and-see attitude occurs for two reasons. The first is because no one wants to buy at the top of the market, and secondly, because speculators are trying to pick the top, 
which is causing them to exit their positions at a fear of losing profits. With the decrease in buying and the increase in selling, the market slows and can stall for a period of time. This same sort of situation occurs when a stock or market is trading around its all-time low, where people perceive it to be cheap, and as such attempt to pick the bottom, only to get it wrong most of the time. People have a general misconception that when the market or stock is trading around an all-time high, that it is expensive, overheated, or overpriced, which is not necessarily the case. This misconception is one of the biggest pitfalls anyone can fall into, and a factor that can, and often does, have a negative impact on portfolio returns. This false belief causes investors to exit good positions and miss out on safe opportunities to make a profit. If a company is performing well and reporting record profits, it makes sense that the stock price would be rising or trading around its highest point. It also makes sense that it would continue to rise if it is creating extra value in increased profits. It's important to remember what Buffett himself said, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So are there stocks in the All Orders Index that are good value right now? Well, absolutely there is. So let's get into this week's top and bottom performers. Looking at the sectors, consumer staples was the top performer, up nearly 2%, followed by consumer discretionary, up over 1%. The bottom performers were utilities, down around 2%, followed by industrials and financials, down around 1%. Now materials was also down last week, over 1%. And when you combine this with the financial sector being down, it explains why the All Ordinaries Index is slowing right now. The top performing stocks in the ASX 100 this week included A2 Milk, which rose over 10% after receiving a ratings upgrade from analysts. Oil Search and JB Hi-Fi were both up over 5%, which for both of these stocks is a very good sign. Now the worst performing stocks last week include Centre and Amcor, both down around 5%. Atlas, Goodman and Downer EDI all down over 4%. So are the alarmists right, and is the stock market going to crash, correct, or head into a bear market in 2019? Well, in my opinion, absolutely not. You can rest assured we are definitely not heading towards a market crash. Yes, the market is searching for a high, and yes, in the not-too-distant future, it will fall away, which is quite normal for our market. I expect that the new all-time high will occur soon, and I will share with you in my charts in a minute why I think the high will be around 7,200 points before the market will turn into a low in around September or October 2019. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Lordies Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. I love the, the market at the moment where it's getting close to its all-time high because it really does create a lot of conversation around experts and, and ma other market commentators and everybody on the street because it's always exciting when the uh, stock market is trading at all-time high levels or above all-time high levels. I, 
I strongly remember what was going on between sort of that 2002, 2003 low and that 2007 high. It was quite an exciting time. Now, so I'm not suggesting our market will have that long bull market again because we've already been going up for quite a while. But that was a real, it's probably one of the, what's the best bull market we've seen on our market for a long, 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 long time. So where are we right now? Well, looking at the chart on the screen, let's just get into it. I'll put my glasses on. Okay, if we go and look at the charts on the screen right now, you're going to be seeing a monthly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now, on that chart, I've, I've really just got the all-time, the previous all-time high there on that left there, so from November 2007 at uh, 6873 points. Now, as I said, it's 140 months since we achieved that high, and the market is pushing up, and it has been pushing up all the last three, four weeks, trying to break through it, because we've seen here, we back here in June, it really got close, got within about 1.5% uh, of getting there, and we've pushed up again in July, but it's been a, a slow push and a lot of hesitation a lot of people are guessing at the market and, and I see that constantly um, whether it's questions on the YouTube channel or Facebook or anything else that I get a lot of the uneducated are asking me lots of questions and coming up with a lot of misconceptions about the market as I was saying a little bit earlier in the report is this market and I'll keep saying to it, it is bullish and we will make a new all-time high yet I've been telling people have been saying to me since like October last year or September October last year the market was going to fall away all we keep hearing is talks about it falling away it's not going to do that now I do expect a bit of a, a peak and starting to fall away and the reason why as I was saying in one of my reports a few weeks ago is that it's had one, two, three, four, five, six. This is now seven months up. Our market doesn't do seven months up without a red bar. Have a look back here and we keep going through here. You can't see one, two, three, four there, one, two, three, four months up and then it started moving down. One, two, three, four months up, one, two, three, four months up. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven months up, one bar down. So this is what I'm sort of expecting. This is a long time, and that's 2010. So we're talking about nine years ago. That was December 2010, so nine years ago. Even out of the GFC low, which is here, one, two, three, it had a, an outside bar, one, two, three, up here. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one month down. So that's why I'm expecting a peak very, very soon. And we may see next month trade down. So um, August, September, October might be the low, or August, September might fall away down into a low. That's what I'm expecting, and, and it really is right on the timing for that. So what I, what that happens or as a trader, what we do is we pull back from buying. We're just sitting back letting our stocks run. We're not exiting. And this is one of those things that people tend to do. They start to exit and they're, they're missing out on runs because not all stocks will fall away when the market's falling. This is one of those things that people link the stock to the market. Please don't do that. If you've got a stock that's going up, stay in it while it's going up. Don't get out because the market starts to fall away because the market is the result of all of the stocks, all the 500 stocks as far as the all audience index is concerned. So getting out early means you're if you're not taking your signal off the stock and you're just getting out because the market's peaking or about to fall away, then you're doing the wrong thing for your portfolio and you will decimate your profits or you'll limit the amount of profits that you can have. So let's now, so on here, what I'm suggesting in my report, as I said, I was suggesting it was going to go to about 7,200 points, which is around here, which is that level there. And if you look here, if I put my little tool on here, where is it? No. I'll find it here. Where's my price tools? There. From its current position, 7,200 is about 6%. So I don't think 
it's impossible for it to make that sort of 6% over the coming few weeks. And it might make, not make fully that 7,200 points, but we might do 4, 5 or 6%. Once we break through this all-time high, which it's possible we could do this week, it may not do it this week, but once we break through that all-time high, it might shoot up pre pretty quickly to that level. And that's what I would be expecting if I go down into the weekly chart. Um, well, I'll just change it on here, actually. It's probably a little bit easier. You can see here how last week we had a little bit of indecision, but it still closed up high. So if it does break through that level this week, we'll see a nice move up pretty quickly over the couple of weeks. That's what I would suggest. But that said, we still are due for a week down. See, we've got one, two, three, four, five bars up. So it wouldn't suggest me there's bar six. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if we had a down week this week. And then we moved up strongly over a few more weeks to break through that all-time high. But again, um, I really, really don't think it's a, a big issue here in terms of our market. It is bullish. Um, and I've done my price analysis here. If I put my price extension on here, um, I whack it. Oh, let me go there. Let me hit that boy. And where's my lock? Oh, I lost my tool. Sorry. Um, give me two seconds, guys. I'm just going to put it on here, and I'm just doing this range roughly through here. And I'm just putting some price analysis on so you can see roughly. Ugh, don't you hate it when it won't really stick? It's not really on the right point. Come on. So put it down here. Go to there. It's very touchy this morning. It must be because it's cold here in Melbourne. Um, it's moving up above this sort of level as we can see here. And again, that's my top end of my target, 7595 for the for the rest of the market, probably for the end of the year, but not really short term. So uh, right now at this point in time, I am, I'm doing a lot of price analysis and a lot of it's saying to me around about 7,200 points for our market. So we're going to go into the questions now that uh, you've sent me over the week. Okay, and the first question we've got today comes from the Buzzman, who says, Hi Dale, great insights. I have a question regarding sector rotation. He said, I've been trying to get a definitive idea on which sectors are likely to be moving up or down, but it seems a bit speculative. Um, what are your thoughts? And do you use sector rotation when considering stocks? Uh, thanks, Trevo. Um, it, it is a bit subjective and a lot of people, what you find is what the industry does and what we do as individual traders or what you can do as an individual trader is completely different. Um, I, Janine and I don't do sector rotations at all um, because we don't believe in it. We manage individual portfolios for clients. So, you know, we have clients come to us who have $50,000 plus um, self-managed super fund portfolios, those sorts of things. And we manage an individual portfolio for them. And really to, to keep it really simple, we just buy what goes up, sell what goes down. Um, we're not too stressed about sector rotation. We do look at sectors. We do look at what sectors are doing where money's flowing. And you'd see that on our um, live channel. So if you watch our live channel, um, we do every, I think it's every second week of the month, the second Tuesday of the month, we look at sectors and what's going on with those, where money's moving and everything else. So if you look at yeah, the last uh, Tuesday show for the second week of the month, you'll see what we're talking about for this month, um, obviously. But Sector rotation is really, really much more for big industry funds, managed funds, the, the big ones who need to move in and out of these different sectors for various reasons, because obviously different times of the year, things are happening in different sectors. But as individuals, we're much more nimble. So don't sort of stress over it too much. Just look at stocks. And the easiest way to do it is just say, I'm only going to trade the top 100 stocks or top 50 stocks on the marketplace. Just look at those and just buy what's going up, sell what's going down. And pretty much all of that's in my book. Um, accelerate your wealth. So if you haven't got your copy, just grab your copy, uh, a copy of that. You can just order on the website 
and uh, we'll send it out to you and you'll, it'll explain everything to you why you don't do sector rotation. So, but uh, let's move on to the next question. I'll just bring it all up there for you. Uh, the next question comes from Gav who asks, can you please look at APX or Appen? Got in at $3, should I continue to hold? So let's bring that up on the screen right now. And you can see on the left, you've got a monthly chart of Appen and a weekly chart on, of Appen on the right-hand side. End of the day is the old the old saying is, let your profits run, cut your losses short. So getting in at $3, you're doing exceptionally well. So you would have got in somewhere down around here. So you're doing exceptionally well. So I don't know, to me right now, stay with it. It's like I was saying before, if it goes up, keep with it. Don't sell that just because you think or may think that the market is peaking out. And I know you're not saying that, but uh, right now it is just having an exit strategy. Nobody's ever rung me or asked me about a stock um, or panicked about a stock that was rising in price. Um, and while it is rising, you should stay with it. The old rule of trading is let profits run, cut losses short. Right now, let profits run. Looking at the weekly chart over here, you can still see it looks quite strong. Uh, I'm not suggesting it's not going to have a down week like it does ever over here, but it is still looking quite nice and quite strong. I won't give you a price projection on it, but all I would suggest you do is put a stop loss on it. An exit strategy, have one that allows it to keep moving up and just keep uh, hold of that profit that you're uh, you're obviously actually capturing now because at the end of the day you don't capture profit till it ends up in your bank account but you don't want to chop it yourself off the knees if this thing goes another 10 20 30 40 percent you want to be able to capture that as well but a great question but i do like this stock right now it does look really really good now the next question we has is from michael andreza uh, who asks with recent changes in the lending do you think len lease is looking to be looking uh, to be a good stock moving forward. Um, lending changes don't change how I think about Lend-Lease or any other stock uh, for that matter. I mean, same with banks, et cetera, et cetera. To me, I do look at the charts and that's what, well, to me, the charts will tell me what's happening with Lend-Lease. And you can see there on the left-hand side of the screen here, the monthly chart of Lend-Lease. It did add a huge move down from that high, we can see up here, um, right down to there. So nearly 50% fall from that level in August last year. So this to me spells opportunity. Right now, I like this stock. I think it looks really, really good. I think it's more bullish than bearish. I think right this point in time, looking at it, I think it's got more possibility to being in a medium to longer term uptrend. And when this thing moves, you can see it does very, very well. If you've got the right rules on it, and this is the important thing is people speculate on where the bottom is and where the top is, as I was saying a little bit earlier. But you got the right rules on this stock and you'll capture most of that, you know, the, these runs as it goes through it. So will it break through that all-time high? Eventually it will. Will it do it in the next 6 to 12 months? I don't know. But right now, it does look bullish to me. So I think it is a good stock moving forward. But again, always trade with confirmation, making sure you're having the right rules and you've got an exit strategy on this stock. So um, lastly, we've got a question from Mark Hall who mentions, I was looking at Rio also, I think I looked at that on the live show, I think he, he might've been mentioning that, um, but it seems like there is resistance at $107 um, recently. I'm new to all this. Do you think it's best to wait for it to break $107 mark? Also, what do you think about Macquarie Group? Seems like it's building nicely, um, or am I mistaken? I went and asked Mark another question, and then he came back. He says, Mark then added another comment, and he said, Hi, Dar, just started reading your book this weekend. Lights are popping off in my head. Um, ignore my comment on Macquarie Group. I'm not looking at it now um, or in the near future. 
I'm looking now at CBA NAB as a long term along with CBA Telstra and a few others. Based on preliminary, preliminary reading of your book, I'm really enjoying it regards Mark. So let's have a look at that. So we're going to look at Rio. We're going to look at all of those stocks you just mentioned quite quickly. But let's look quickly look at Rio. And you can see here, um, he, Mark's talking about resistance here around $107. That's not resistance, Mark. And this is what a lot of people get stuck with um, when they're looking at stocks and trading and everything else. They think a stock just falling away a week or a month is resistance. It's not resistance unless you really understand it. The market runs in price pattern and time and traders uh, it's all too often I pe find people that tell me they're traders and they say, I ask them how they trade uh, and what uh, analysis they use to determine their buy and sell signals. They talk about volume and resistance, uh, like they're just really basic things. And, and I understand that you're a beginning, so uh, I'm not saying anything um, negative about yourself at this point in time. But a lot of people, and most people don't know what support and resistance really is and how strong it is and how to read it. And that causes them to make decisions that causes them to not make as much money. They either exit stocks too early or they get in too late um, or they get into stocks uh, at the wrong time. So they get in at the wrong time, get out at the wrong time, and it really affects their profits. And the thing is, most people are oblivious to it or they're ignorant to how much money they're leaving on the table or they're losing by not having strong rules around this sort of stuff. Right now, Rio's bullish. That's what it is. It is bullish. It's been beautifully moving up one, two, three, four, five, six months up. It's had uh, it opened lower and closed higher last month. So far this month, if we look at this, it's moved up. It hasn't broken through. We had $107.94 as opposed to $1799. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it turned around and moved up. It wouldn't surprise me if we had a month down here because we've got we look at all these months one, two, three, four, five months up. Again, we need a month down. But I wouldn't wait necessarily for it to break that $107 resistance. Uh, if you've got a medium to long-term view on that stock, it's a great stock at this point in time. Macquarie, let's have a quick look at Macquarie. Now, you've said you're not looking at that at the, this point in time. Not sure why. This is the best performing bank on the stock market in since the GFC. It's done exceptionally well. So is it peaking out now? It's possible. We could be just be possible, but I don't think it's going to have too much of a fall if it does fall um, from that point. And I think if it does fall, you might find that it's only going to be about 20 to 25%, somewhere in around about that much would be the absolute max that I would suggest this stock would fall, maybe possibly just below that level. Um, but right now, it still looks bullish to me. So and don't necessarily not have it on your watch list. Um, yeah, um, some people are thinking because it's run so hard that it might be pulling back or because it is, you know, it's run up to $190 after falling right down. It's low in the GFC was there, which was $14. So it's done beautifully well. That's what I'm suggesting. I am expecting a little bit of a sideways movement. So, but I think the other banks are better, which is what you did mention in your thing. CBA does look a lot better. This is our preferred bank here. Um, it is not as bullish as what um, Macquarie's been. As you can see, it's been uh, very, very, very hardly hit right down to this low in October, which a lot of the bank, all the big four banks lost 25, 30, 40% um, in that realm. So right now it's gone vertical. I am expecting a little bit of um, easing on the banks, but it does look really good, Combank. NAB's the worst performing of the, all the big four banks over any 10-year period. Um, it's generally my least favorite bank of all the banks, all the big four banks. But again, right now it's looking more bullish. So it is looking quite nice. 
from here it's had a move back down it's looking quite strong on the monthly it's trending quite nicely on the weekly chart so it is looking really really good at this uh, point in time so you're right to look at both Commonwealth Bank and NAV and Telstra again looking nice have a look at that it's beautiful stock beautiful trending up stock but we've had one two three four five six seven eight nine months up so it will come down it, it's due to have a pull back a little bit and that will probably happen into that sort of September August September October low that we're talking about it'll probably pull down into that after that I think it might be a really awesome buy because when you're looking at this there's just so much blue sky right through here to get back up to its all-time high which it did so long ago it wasn't funny and that's, that's not that's not even its all-time high that's its high from 2015 its all-time high is over nine dollars if I bring the month monthly chart you can see it's huge huge so it's it's all-time highs way way back there in February 1999 so there's a lot of blue sky to be had with Telstra because right now it does look like it's longer term bullish to me but really great questions Mark so hopefully you keep enjoying my book if you've got any questions let me know just shoot me an email through to info at wealth within if you've got any questions on the book happy to answer those for you so but that's it for me for this week uh, put your questions down there for me for next week but for now goodbye good luck and good trading Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.